0: They gotta know at some point. The, who? Who? The, uh, you know, the, 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 the public. They gotta know? Yes. Stan, get with us. Who killed Kennedy? I read the first draft of the Warren Report. It says he was killed by a drunk driver. You watch the go for? What do you see day after day? The one smart bomb falling down a chimney. The truth? I was in the building when we shot that shot. We shot it in a studio, Falls Church, Virginia, one-tenth scale model of a building. Is that true? How the fuck do we know? You take my point? Yes. All right. Okay. And you want me to do what? We want you to produce. You want me to produce your war? Not a war. It's a pageant. We need a theme, a song, some visuals. We need, you know, it's a pageant. It's like the Oscars. That's why we came to you. I never won an Oscar. And that's a damn shame you didn't. But you produced the Oscars. Yes, indeed, I did. You know, you're a writer. That's your script. You're a director. But if you're the producer, what did you do? See, nobody knows what you do. The producer, I mean, all he's got is the credit. You see? uh, Some plaques on the wall. They don't know what we do. Stan. Uh, Don't get me started. Stan. Yes? If you never won an Oscar, how would you like an ambassadorship? An ambassadorship? That's my payoff. Well, you tell me what you want. Hell, I just do it for the fun of it for a story to tell. Oh, no, you couldn't tell anybody. Oh, hey, listen, I'm just kidding. I no, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you couldn't tell anybody. No, 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 I know, it's just a figure of speech. No, 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 it's just a, it's a, it's a pageant. It's a pageant, that's what it is. Countries of war. It's Miss America in your bird parks. Why Albania? Because, well, they have to have something we want. Well, I'm sure they What do. do we have that they want? Oh, freedom? Well, why would they want that? Well, Oppress? No, 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 fuck freedom. They want to, they want to destroy the godless Satan of the United they want to destroy our way of life, all right? Okay, okay, okay. The president is in China. He is dealing with the dispatch of the B-3 bomber to Albania. Why? Whoa. Why? Help me. Well, I mean, what, uh, he, was that's... About... Well, all right, all right. Uh, let's see, geopolitically, um, if you... We just found out they have the bomb. That's... We just found out they have the bomb. Good. Yeah. And, and, no, 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 wait a second. Wait, 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 no, no, the bomb's not there because, uh, uh they, they'd have to have a rocket and that shit, right? And they're, they're, they're they a are a bunch of wogs. Yeah. No, 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 cross out. All right. So it's a suitcase bomb. It's, I didn't even know I said that. <laughs> it's a suitcase bomb. You don't need missiles. You can put a bomb in a suitcase, right? Mm-hmm. It's a suitcase bomb. Yeah, suitcase, that's good. Suitcase, that's good. suitcase bomb? Yes? That's it's a suitcase bomb. When it's cooking, it's cooking.
1: Number 9 Podcast with your hosts, Eric Brandstrom, Michael Govier, and Travis Roy. Coming to a speaker near you. cinema nine podcast i'm michael govie to my left is travis roy although it's a virtual left it's not my actual left um but you know you get the gist if you're watching live thank you for tuning in youtube cinema nine podcast you can subscribe there the channel continues to grow and we appreciate your patronage and of course the podcast crew we never let you guys out of our sights. we very much care about our podcast people as well no eric bransham today travis it's just gonna be you and me the first time we've ever done a show together what do you think
2: I think it's nice. I mean, it, I, of course, miss Eric I, when I bid him hello to wherever he may be. I won't divulge his whereabouts. <laughs> He's on it's a big mission. secret.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think he already t- said on the show where he was.
1: He's with the Annihilators. They're on a secret <laughs> mission right now.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, in, they're in Georgia. And uh, <laughs> anyway, but no, it's nice to I think it's nice to do an episode because me and Eric got to do just an episode together once. And now you and I get to do an episode. I don't know if you and Eric have done one, just the two of you yet, but you yep. shall, I'm sure. Once I... uh,
1: you're always here. You're basically always here. You're definitely the most reliable of the three of us, I would say.
2: I mean, I, I like my routines. You know, I stick to my routines pretty closely.
1: I love a good routine. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> I love a good roast. <laughs> uh, so, if you're interested in what we think about Wag the Dog today, you'll find out about that a little bit later in the show. Does it hold up or not? Did it predict the future? Is it a movie that was beyond prescient, or is it just kind of middle of the road trash? That's why we do the show, and you will find out later on. I'm not giving my hand away just yet, but you know, you just have to wait. Just uh, in wait. The, yeah, so <laughs> I mean, you know, it's been a couple of days now. This is a movie podcast, and Will oh, Smith boy. slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. So, I mean. I guess we got to talk about it, don't we? Wow, dude. Do we have to? Do we? Not have to really. I, we don't <laughs> have to so much.
2: I, What's telling about the whole thing is that, you know, the, the conversation isn't, hey, the Oscars happened, or hey, hey Coda won Best Picture. Yeah. Or, hey, the Oscars thought that we wouldn't want to see Denzel Washington give Samuel L. Jackson a Lifetime Achievement Award, so they didn't even air that. No, none of that's a conversation. It's just some motherfucker hitting some other guy who, Made a joke you probably shouldn't have, and a said some other joke. dumb thing. Yeah, a shitty joke, and said some other dumb things that night as well. Um, I, you know, I will say this about the Oscars: I'm glad that it was at the Dolby Theater. I'm glad that there was clips, and yeah, I guess I can leave it at that.
1: Yeah, you weren't a big fan of the whole thing overall, beyond the Chris Rock bullshit.
2: I really felt like pandering. I mean, I know that they ended up having like double the. Um, viewership of the year before but i think that you know there was a lot of reasons why the viewership was so low the year before i just thought that there was so much about this year that just felt like they were really trying hard to, to like manufacture moments that people will chat about and then of course <laughs> there's scandal and that's all anybody could talk about i think twitter literally broke that night i mean i it did I, I, I yeah understandably so but then we all collectively at once Wore ourselves a fuck out on it. So if you're listening to this months from now, sorry to be reminded of this fucking stupid
1: cultural event.
3: (laughs) Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth.
1: That's what we all learned from this. (sighs) Don't talk about other people's significant others.
2: Did you know she had Alpecia?
1: I, I had no you. clue. I had no, no clue. clue. I don't, I don't, don't keep up on these Instagram. things. Yeah. I don't give a shit.
2: First <laughs> I thing don't I ever saw. That. And she had a buzz cut. I, I, you know, I had no fucking, I'm like, okay, Jada Smith. I thought you looked pretty
1: good with that hair. I actually, thought you looked so. great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whatever. I thought so, it was I mean, a pr- I, choice.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, comedians say dumb shit. Uh, I, you know, punch, punch, smack it, Like, like just like, like slapping a grown man across the face <laughs> when you know you're on one of the most widely viewed things live.
1: Is a stunning choice. It is a stunning choice, and he also knew that he was a heavy favorite to win Best Actor award. <laughs>
2: his speech was just like him, like, "Uh, so I hit that man a moment ago, and let me tell you why I did that and why it's okay. yeah.
1: Let me uh, val- let me validate it. Let me try to rationalize it with this character I played. You know, he really cared about his family, and you know, I became this guy so much that
2: I just." Couldn't help myself. And then of course the guy himself comes out like the next day and was like, uh, that wasn't cool. <laughs> Rich uh, Williams was not a fan <laughs> of that move. Nobody, you yeah. Know. And and then they, the, the Academy asked him to leave and he wouldn't. He just glad-handed everybody and interfered with everybody's speeches the rest of the night and getting up, you know, just like overcompensating. I don't know. It's it was it was ugly.
1: You know, my take on it is i'm kind of a i'm just a fan of chaos and when things don't go according to the script it's always going to be my thing i enjoy that so much monotony in this life everything's so routine at times it's refreshing when something crazy and stupid happens out of the blue and only because i got to see it live in real time if i had not been able to see it like that in the moment it would not mean nearly as much to me but i'm just so grateful that i just happened to turn on the oscars you and eric are the bigger oscar fans who watch more frequently than i do and i had took the red eye from vegas saturday night sunday morning i slept all day i just happened to catch it and i'm grateful for that silliness yeah. uh, when I, <laughs> I just i can always remember myself because i'm sitting in the same chair i was at that moment and i'm like what the fuck is happening <laughs> it was just so bizarre to me the audio was dead and that made it more weird and it also proved how <laughs> america's so uptight and prudish still other countries they just who gives a fuck they even yeah. cut out the spitting he spit when he was giving his Oscar speech, victory speech, oh really? Apparently, yeah, they cut that out. The he spit ABC, on the stage? He, yeah, I don't know why he did. Like he just spit on the floor Ugh. during his speech. So what the that fuck?
2: it's not your, I mean, it's not your backyard. That's gross.
1: It's, yeah, it's completely unsanitary, especially with COVID. But it what still just hell? speaks a lot to about our our Puritan background in this country, where that's not even allowed to be seen on the air. Very weird very strange uh, that you would I mean maybe they're still trying out.
2: to protect his image like you already hit a man on live tv but maybe people <laughs> want to watch him spit indoors that's just yeah. weird I mean if you're spitting indoors at a Walmart I'm gonna think you're an asshole
1: yes that is very true in fact I think it's kind of one of the underrated points of the entire night that that was edited <laughs> I haven't you know, seen like, a clip of that so
2: I do I do have a hot take I do have oh Okay. you know, a lot of people have gone on about how touching and sweet it was that Lady Gaga had that moment with. Oh, boy. And it was. But I mean, to me, I'm like, I question the woman. I question Liza Minnelli's ability to consent to be on that stage. And, you know, you're an actor. You have made your life like presenting yourself to your audience. You have all these fans. You might never be on a stage again like this at the condition that she's in you want to did you think she wanted to go out there and 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 be like I don't understand I don't know what's going on like I felt bad for her I felt like that was not a choice that she made and it was just I don't know like it was just like I'm not saying like hide people who are having like cognitive disabilities or anything or you know issues but I mean I just she clearly wasn't Able to do what she had intended to do, and she didn't really understand what was going on, and it just, I just, it didn't seem right to me. I guess it's, just, I just don't, I just can't
1: imagine her consenting to that. But what yeah, I guess I hadn't thought about it like that. Uh, if she, I don't know exactly what's going on with her. Clearly, she had some cognitive deficiencies, so yeah. that's a fair point. That's very fair. Lady Gaga wants to have her moment with every old ass celebrity left: Tony Bennett and you know, Liza. And, <laughs> it's it's a strange fetish i think actually
2: <laughs> i don't think it's a fetish i think she
1: i don't know I think, she, I think
2: she's someone i mean like a like a lot of people our age i think that she has a lot of affection for for boomers and for you know that like that generation's uh music and culture and stuff just not necessarily the same people that we do mm-hmm.
1: yeah well I, I just yeah you know the more i think about that now it's the final moment of the night best picture moment coda wins and that whole exchange was bizarre. But Coda did win, and I can't believe mm-hmm. it. I'm still surprised. I really didn't think. I know it started to build more momentum as we got closer to the presentation. Mm-hmm. But I really did not think it would win because of all the backdoor politics about streaming and Hollywood wants to preserve the past. and It being an Apple TV product, I just did not. I thought that would really hinder it. And I don't know if we'll look back 10 years from now and say, that was the best movie of the year. What do you think? Um, I was
2: very happy that it won. The other frontrunner was also a streamer, uh, Power of the Dog, which I, I did mm-hmm. not want to see win personally. I wouldn't have been mad about it, but uh, yeah, my my top choices for best picture were Coda and Drive My Car, and they both won in the at the end. So I was I was happy with that.
1: Mm. I That's liked like- Coda. I, I said that here on the show when I watched it a couple of weeks ago. It was a it was a rock solid film. It uh, it'll probably hold up a lot better than maybe The Artist, who which won like 10 years ago <laughs> i've still I, never seen I, that
2: i've thought about bringing it on the show a few times because it's definitely become a movie that no one talks about speaking yeah. of dog i'm sitting here with my new puppy this oh, is yeah. Mara
1: introduce you to the world hi hey, um, mara welcome to the show mara it's great to have you here <laughs> she is a little baby and will cry
2: if i leave her on the floor so she's gonna hang out with me i miss rooney very much but uh decided that I just could not live without two dogs. And Scruffy, as always, is to my left. But you can't see
1: him. <laughs> hey, it's great to have Mara as part of the show now, and we welcome you. And if there's anything we can do for you, Mara, just let us know uh, oh, here at the Cinnamon 9 Podcast. We do our best Thanks to buddy. appease everyone. Of course. Speaking
2: of, speaking of cognitive issues, it's a real shame about Bruce Willis, but it does explain why he's had such a run of movies where he showed up and did like two lines or like five minutes of the movie for like the last 10 years, because this has been an ongoing thing for him some for some time apparently he announced it just today or this you know this week that he's retiring from acting because of this uh dementia issue but apparently it had been building up for some time
1: yeah uh i'd never heard it with a syphia uh aphysia, or i've never aphasia, heard of this term i, it's
2: called, I had not either so, uh, i mean it's a, I guess it's a form of dementia where you can't understand speech
1: oh man aphasia yeah that sucks um Uh, He did cram in eight movies last year, like to demand, straight to demand. And
2: clearly (laughs) the dude was just like, I got to make bank. you know, I got to make hay before the sun goes down here. And uh, that's just like, well, it puts all those shitty movies in perspective in a whole new light. It's like, oh, well, that makes sense then.
1: We did have the Pulp Fiction crew at the Oscars with Travolta, Samuel Jackson, and Uma Thurman. And him not being there, maybe he didn't feel comfortable already. Who knows where he's at, frankly. Uh, Uh, He's also... I don't wish this upon him, of course. Uh, he has been uh, a contentious course. dick at times on sets over the years. That doesn't mean I'm glad this happened to him. I just know that maybe, in a way, he felt awkward about it, and then he felt awkward about the fact that he couldn't really be the Bruce Willis that people remember him by. And you know, I, I have a complicated thoughts about his legacy because he really was on a trajectory to be a legendary actor, and I don't necessarily know if I'll look at him as that as time goes out i'll need more time still but he was a good actor he's a solid actor but i feel like he had a chance to be great and it didn't quite work out that way
2: Hmm. i mean i I I think that he had he'd done some interesting stuff and probably i think that this has been going on for a while i mean for one he had kind of a dip but i think that i mean from what i've read it's been like 10 years or so of this coming on so i jesus yeah so i think that um I think that it's been going on for a while and that that has affected the roles that he's taken. I think that he maybe would have taken more interesting roles and also dementia can make you extremely cranky, extremely uh, angry, but either, either way, I mean, all kinds of great actors are, you know, dicks on set. I'm not gonna, I mean, I, you know, I don't approve of it, obviously, but I'm not gonna, I don't know. The we manner. do not condone it. Right. But I've never, you know, I'm not really hung up on it. If, so long as you're not like, you know, I don't know, be killing people, assaulting people, <laughs> live on TV or otherwise, I'm not really usually that concerned. To it, you
1: know. I watched a uh, retrospective on Kevin Spacey last night. Uh, it was those Joe Blow YouTube channel, What the oh, Fuck okay. Happened to So-and-So, and Kevin Spacey was the focus of this one. We all
2: know what happened to Kevin Spacey. It's
1: been yeah, it's not really like a spoiler <laughs> alert on that one, but I did find out he's got two movies in the hopper, so I don't know. They don't have know been in the hopper or are recently? They are, no. they are in the hopper right now. Uh, yeah, so... I, I don't know if they're going to come my, out or not. I can't pretend I'm not interested in a new Kevin
2: Spacey movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, it's weird, too. People died that accused him. Oh, it's really you know some. What?
2: I have heard that recently. That I, I, did happen. Yeah. Like, like you know, that's uh, it's a little weird. I mean, people Anthony die. Rapp's still alive. People, I don't know. People, yeah, so. people die. That does they happen. Do. They do. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Either. He, it's, there's a, it's one of those things with him. There's been no convictions, but there's so many allegations are, like, it's like, okay, clearly. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No. It's not and like settlements a, too. like once, once they start settling, it's like, oh,
1: that's like, and he put crazy. out those really bizarre videos for three straight years around Christmas Eve, which was just not a good look for him. So. I
2: loved them. I love them. I can't believe I'm admitting this. <laughs> <What? but> like <laughs> You did. I, I, I mean like not like not like I love them like I thought they were good I just thought they were like it kind of like the same way that you were talking about how like the the slap was off script and shocking and like it kind of you know like oh, woke okay. you up a little bit in a way. and that's kind of it's so surreal to me like that like he's gonna that he was doing these videos and as the as fucking Frank Underhill Underwood Underhill whatever the fuck his name was
3: Underwood that, that's right yeah,
2: Underwood you know it's just like so it's so many layers of weirdness and just like shocking. I, couldn't, true. I can't pretend like I'm not, I wasn't compelled to watch everyone that he released. I mean, I'm not like, Oh, good. I, I love this. I did just say, I love this. But, uh,
1: <laughs> I did. Afraid. I did see them all. That's true. I was curious about it. And I think, uh, um, shame to admit it. Yeah. You know, this whole, uh, that's okay. I, I appreciate it. In fact, I have more respect for you for being honest <laughs> about it because there are so many layers and complications with all of these public, uh, yeah. Uh, debates about who did stuff to who it's, you know i'm not saying it should all be private but if it just gets really murky at times there are real stories about people that really were assaulted or abused and exploited and that's awful and then mm-hmm. there are people who have been proven to lie about those to gain fame or to gain money so it it creates this world where we as regular joe's so to speak on the outside absorbing this i don't i don't know what to make of it half the time because i i believe people but then at the same time, I know people lie to gain certain benefits. And it just makes me wish that a lot of this stuff was litigated clearly and properly in a court of law or through some process that was legitimate. It's just out there on Twitter. It's just out there in the world on YouTube. Anybody could talk about anything at any given time. And it makes my head want to explode. That's all. And I'm just grateful that, you know, I don't have to be a part of that. So,
2: yeah. And if only there were any weird. movies that existed that discussed the topic of how media might you know, be manipulated and in turn, manipulate the American public and our perceptions. If only such a yeah. film existed. And if only sucks. one of the character, one of the actors in such a, said film had allegations themselves against them. Like I, Moplin, wish. For instance. I wish, I totally.
1: wish we had an opportunity like that. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I guess we'll never have that chance. That sucks. Um, uh, <laughs> but I'm glad Coda won. So happy congratulations, Coda. That guy who won Best Supporting Actor, he was fucking great in Coda. And I'm really so glad that he good. won. And I'm not feel bad that I'm not yeah. I don't know his name right now. Troy culture. Uh, oh, hey, Troy Coulter, Congratulations. You killed it. You were great in that movie. It was great. so refreshing to see a, a deaf person, you know, doing this, the like jerk off signals, and just being regular <laughs> people that talk dirty and they, they do dumb shit. There seems to be this like deaf people were put on a pedestal. It's like they were they couldn't be regular or normal people who had pain or anger or talked about fucking, you know, deaf people. Fuck everybody. Breaking news. I thought it was refreshing.
2: Well, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why it won is that it it does. It's not like one of those movies that takes some marginalized group and that's all that exists. in for that story yeah. is it's just, the, you know, like the whatever everyday you know, routine. Right. It's just, you know, they're just people and it's a very human kind of movie. And, and, and I, I was happy that it won. I was really happy that it won. So there was there was some ups. There was definitely some ups with this Oscars. I said it was like, I mean, it is literally one of the worst I've seen in my lifetime. And I've watched every Academy Award since I was a little kid. It really was. Well, Last year was pretty bland. Wasn't it? I would say last year and this year are probably the two worst. But that may be some recency bias bias, but working against it. I'm not sure. It, but it was it was it was bad. But there was last year was boring as fuck. So. Last year was boring and just awkward with the with the no clips and where it was and Glenn close <laughs> twerking and all that shit. But uh, yeah. this one the outcomes were good. I was actually happy with a lot of the outcomes of the war of the awards, which were nice. Uh, a lot of the other accoutrement was not for me, but whatever, you know, can't have everything.
1: So, wow, dude. Wow, I dude. I was happy that Hans Zimmer finally won an Oscar. So, that's cool. 30 yeah. years of validation. Yeah. That's great. Diane I couldn't Warren. believe he never won. I didn't know that.
2: Diane Warren lost her 12th nomination. The look on her face when she lost, I was, I'm was so sorry, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. We'll get him next Why?
3: time.
1: <laughs> and uh, Kenneth Branagh won for uh, Belfast. That. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. That's good. Congratulations to him. He, he seems it. like a guy that's, yeah, he's had a good career, right? It's basically one of those career Oscars. Like, hey, you've been around a long time. You yeah. do some good work. Congratulations. You. I you're didn't see friend. Belfast, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah you're a, our friend.
2: That was a you're our buddy. You're you us.
1: wrote a movie kind of thing. Oh,
2: you wrote a personal movie, Yeah, huh, buddy? Here, buddy. Have you're, an Oscar.
1: You're one of us. You're one of us. We <laughs> owe totally it to you. So, Did you see great. Belfast?
2: Yeah, it was great. Um, I don't know that it was best uh, uh, script. Great. But I did think it was going to win. I, I I did like it.
1: Okay. Well, the Oscars come. The Oscars, the Oscars go. go. Next year, who knows what will happen. It'll probably be less entertaining, and more by the book. Who knows? But we're glad that they spread the Oscars around to a lot of different people, and that was pretty good. I agree with Travis on the outcomes overall. Predict,
2: uh, let's I, get to a court. Uh, security next year. Uh, strong security uh. in the front row, maybe bouncers with their backs to the front. Yeah, will they the be stage. in the
1: pit? Will they come running up out of the pit because they don't want to be seen directly? I don't know. Yes.
2: Yeah. Large men in security t-shirts is my prediction
1: next year. <laughs> yeah, yellow, bright yellow ones, yeah. like you see at uh, the right. Las Vegas. Uh, nope. Email today, so thank you for that. If you want to email the show, send them an iPod at protonmail.com We always prefer emails if you so desire. Of course, you can drop a live chat comment here if that's tickles your fancy. But let's get to quarantine viewing picks. Travis, you are on oh, the yeah. clock. Take it away.
2: I watched a lot of movies. I'm going to be watching a lot of movies. I'm on sort of a break here for a while, so I have a lot of movies. And you know when you watch a movie or you don't watch a movie because you're like, oh, I've, I saw that, it was okay, and then you finally go to watch it again, you're like, oh, I've never seen this in my life well that's i did that with uh 2017's the post somehow i just totally got oh. it confused with spotlight i guess or something and never saw that's it. surprising yeah i just never saw it and then I oscar bait with- <laughs> yeah and i figured i figured i'd seen oscar bait uh somehow i just <laughs> missed it and i showed it to my students thinking again that i had seen it because everything i show my students for the most part I've, I've seen it before i show it to them and sure i was like oh, i was yeah. bland but you know <laughs> like watching like i've not seen this but it was it was good i want to give a shout out to our co-host our much missed and beloved co-host eric brandstrom because he has lately been saying some very thun- funny things about Janusz Kaminski, the regular cinematographer of steven spielberg and i and i really i'm like this movie's years old now, and Eric is so right. Every fucking shot—if it's daylight—it looks like aliens are invading from the outside. Like any any interior shots, if there's if there's daylight streaming through, it's like spotlights. It's just like it's like oh man, it's just so distracting. I'm like, what is going on with Janusz Kaminski? But uh, it was good. I revisited Moneyball. That was good. Oh. That was better than I remembered. Um, it's one of those really? movies that people kind of talk up and I'm like, was it that good? But it's a really subdued movie that is, you know, it's nice. It's Nice. It's not great. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Okay. Yep. Revisited Argo. That was, that was fun. Uh, Appropriate. And, yep. I, I, uh, I took a, a note from you and I really, really tried to watch MacGruber. And uh, cause you, you've talked this movie up. I turned it off. And the next day, I'm like, oh, I'm going to try again. I'm going to try again. So I sat down. I turned it back on where I, where I picked up where I left off and I turned it off again. <laughs> really? It's just not funny, huh? I did not laugh once. I got about a, maybe a third of the way halfway through. But, I, I mean, I wasn't laughing wow. at all. And it was, wow. I was irritated. Like, I just I did not care for it at all. But I tried huh. just for you. Oh, I
1: appreciate it. the effort. I'm yeah. surprised. I thought you would laugh. I don't know. I, I'm <sighs> lost here. I'm confused.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't for me. It wasn't didn't make me laugh. Uh, I checked out Fresh, the new Sebastian Stan horror uh, made for Hulu. I really liked it. Sebastian Stan is a good villain. This was a solid gore, gory horror horror movie done a little bit differently. I would definitely recommend Fresh. Fresh uh, on my on my. Nick Cage's journey. I checked out Peggy Sue got married. I cannot believe Francis, Francis Ford Coppola directed this thing. It fucking sucks. I mean, it sucks. <laughs> not good. Just, uh, I mean, maybe I'm being harsh, but I mean, even, even I was annoyed by, by Nick Cage's performance in this movie, the, 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 way, he, the way he talks the whole time. I'm like, why, what is this voice? What is this? Oh, blonde dude. Hair? I'm so glad
1: you brought this up. You know, I wish I would have brought this up last week. I also watched the retrospective on Nicolas Cage last night, no. and I totally, totally see Christian Haraminski in the younger version of Nick Cage. That one particular, <laughs> the 80s, mid-80s, like raising Arizona kind of ends there. I so much saw Christian in him. I was like, whoa, it just <laughs> hit me so hard. I'm going to have to do a comp. I'll have to put him side by side and see if I can find the right pictures. I'm telling you, it's in there. It. It's really in there. I don't, I don't see know. it, but I trust you. <laughs> All right. younger very young cage by the way so
2: yeah um i watched some other movies i watched don't worry he won't get far on foot uh yeah. probably one of the better gus van Sant movies i've seen i like that it was great good. jonah hill was great and joaquin phoenix powerful really moment good. in that
1: kitchen man that's a powerful moment
2: and i didn't know anything about john callahan i i knew nothing neither did i um so yeah. that was, it was cool to watch a you know someone's memoir brought to life and Someone that I, I knew nothing about, but he's important to some people. And I thought it was a good movie. So I liked that one. Uh, what else did I check out? Uh, the Good Night. Don't watch that. From 2007. Jake Paltrow. Walk away from that movie. Don't watch it. Uh, the Humans from t- 2021. So a lot of people like this movie. It was a Showtime film with Richard Jenkins and Stephen Yun and uh, Amy Schumer based on a play really strongly directed from a first time, like the guy that wrote the play, they let him direct the movie and he did a great job. Um, The movie itself I thought was pretty slow, but unique unique and last but not least and i'll wrap it up here uh old henry which was a lot of people's uh, i've talked to a few people that thought that was one of the best movies of 2021 including aaron chud pud Worley and eric really liked it too (laughs) uh old henry it's nice to see tim tim blake nelson in the lead and this was a real solid western if you haven't seen old henry definitely put that on your list it was good
0: old henry old
2: henry
1: Uh, was there a movie in the mid-90s called fresh
2: Yes, different, fresh. This is a different, fresh. I'm sure it wasn't crazy.
1: Wasn't that, um, I
2: never saw it, but I want to say it was Samuel L. Samuel L. Jackson.
1: Yeah, it was more of like something, you know, it reminds me of what we watched, the Spike Lee movie that we did, that you picked. Yeah, it's like along that type of genre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But either way, fresh, fresh. Fresh. Uh, okay, cool. Travis watched the movies. That was fun. Mm-hmm. And I watched the movies as well. I really... what you want? really did a, I did a solid number. I'm proud of myself. Uh, by the way, the original Fresh was from 1994. Yes, with Samuel L. Jackson. All right. Yeah, good call. Giancarlo Esposito. All right. Maybe I have to check that out. I mean, I've so, never seen
2: this movie. Why would I know this? Why do I know these <laughs> of things?
1: I know. It's so funny that we do. They d- Why don't, like, uh, formulas for chemistry equations stick in our head but this shit does i really don't understand why that is there's probably a paper about that i so i went and finally watched the spider-man i did it oh you did in theaters and yeah and you didn't like it i gotta tell you man i don't know i have mixed feelings about it and i know it it was cool to see this everything that was done in that movie and how Mm -hmm. it was brought together it was so cool spoilers here because i'm gonna talk about a few things spoilers if you haven't seen it it's been a few months cool to see those villains come back Mm -hmm. and i was like oh wow all right yeah dr strange is involved which you know makes sense that the multiverse would be accessed through him but some of the gadgets uh, like this this cure that they were creating it's just like it happened out of nowhere Uh, Um that wasn't Which, which cure for green goblin for all of them like all these cures they're just like here's the cure you put on electro that'll cure that and then it loads up and yeah but i'm like where do they get all this shit from
2: yeah but well i mean for one you had three spider-men working together which this movie does, was the first movie in a while to highlight the fact that peter parker's a scientist that's one. i mean he's true a, he is a scientist it's been a while so you you've got all three of their brains together and once you and once doc ock is uh freed hey john john
1: andrews hey buddy
2: getting oh. a shout out from john andrews nice good time. to see you
1: john we love um, you
2: and once Doc, we're going to keep with the spoilers going once once Doc Ock is freed, he's able to help out and he does. And also another scientist is is Norman Osborn, who half the time is himself and he's able to contribute as well. So like it, it literally is like five great minds working together to come up with these things. And um, some you're of you're them- selling yourself
1: on it. You're right. I'm, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm right. You're not wrong. And, You're not and wrong. Toby Maguire's Peter Parker talks about how he'd literally been thinking about it for like a decade or more. So I mean, some of this stuff, like it made sense to me, but I I was a little overwhelmed the first time I watched it and had to go back to watch it again before I really knew how I felt about
1: it. Okay. Yeah. That that is definitely going to be my case because then by the time we get to the big showdown, of Statue of Liberty and i i didn't really i honestly was like overwhelmed and i didn't even get what was happening why the world was breaking it really was Mm, so i guess i just kind of felt like
2: whoa i've lost
1: y'all someone lost someone
2: who got lost there you or me am
1: i still here i feel like i'm still here i never saw you you go away i heard you the whole time so how are you not yourself how am i not myself you're back, oh, anyway. I'm know.
2: back. Your your internet did an Eric in honor of Eric. You, you just kind of froze and faded out for
1: a minute, then came back. So unbelievable. Well, we'll find out the truth when we, we release this recording. Was it me? Was it you? <laughs> who knows? We we'll we'll, that's a game we play at the Cinema Nine. We never know who it is, but you, I will you, tell who you. Who we blame? I was yeah. <laughs> we got, we better. Someone has to take responsibility. You find that guy. You find that man. Uh, didn't drink Coors Light. I. uh... I guess I just got overwhelmed, and that's it. So I, I'm going to watch it again. It, it does deserve a repeat viewing because, yeah, woo! I took in the Batman with all the shit that's going on in that. And that was three hours. Spider-Man was only two hours, 28 minutes, and I was more confused. So,
2: Well, Spider-Man, you got the Sinister Five, and then Three Spider-Man <laughs> and Doctor Strange. You know, there's a lot going on in that
1: movie. There is. But I thought it was cool that he defied Doctor Strange kind of naively as because he is a teenager still he's still growing and he thinks yes. he can yes. do things because he's got that idealism of youth and that part i really dug about the script in the movie and i was like mm-hmm. okay this is cool and he's challenging we got dr strange versus spider-man this is wild and i like that that yeah. was cool so yeah. i don't have like a clear-cut opinion on the movie frankly other than i'm just a bit confused still yeah so. catch it
2: again when you can stream it and uh i mean that again i think that's what i had to do so Maybe that'll okay. be true for you too. That
1: that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, okay. So I watched Spencer because you watched Spencer, and uh, a strange movie in a way, but I I did enjoy it. Kristen Ooh. Stewart was incredible as Diana, Princess of Wales. It's really just a. It's like a three day in the life of moment. It's not really like over time or many years from beginning to end.
2: Kind of like being the Ricardos. I think it's, or like Lincoln, it's kind of nice to like, you know, for a a docu or a biopic, you kind of like just go in there for a few days. You're not going to cover everything. Just spend a moment with them.
1: I agree. Yeah. And uh, it was very extravagant and everything you would expect from that world. You know, people forget that Diana came from a very wealthy family too, possibly. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe that gets forgotten. That's why she was chosen too. They don't just... Yeah, choose any geek off the street, if you know what I mean. But um, well done. <laughs> solid movie. I'll, yeah, I'll go back and watch uh, Jackie after this to see how it compares. What did you think director. of that score?
2: I thought it was solid. I love that I score. It? I thought it should have won best. Well, yeah, I think it should have won best score. Yeah,
1: but. I don't really recall it right now, so I guess it didn't hit me that hard. But I will maybe go back and check it out again. Uh, I watched The Tender Bar. What'd which. You think? kind of boring yeah bland <laughs> <laughs> yep that's it my was... one word review <laughs> great to see Christopher Lloyd Christopher yeah. Lloyd rips farts that's fun check out Nobody uh, if you want
2: if you want Christopher Lloyd check out
1: Nobody yeah I keep scrolling over Nobody I gotta watch that I yeah, will watch, watch that. that you'll like that uh, but yeah Tender Bars is bland I, I wanted it to be more fun Ben Affleck's a fun uncle but other it's just mm. yeah. yeah that's too bad makes me sad inside and I watched uh, hmm, I'm looking looking at my list here because I forget. Oh, what? I watched the House of Gucci. Oh, how was it? I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> I I I didn't know the story. So I'm glad I didn't know the story because I just went in and I was like, holy yeah. shit, it's surprised I was I there was really a few surprises in there. Yeah, and I I thought Ed Driver was outstanding mm. and Lady Gaga doing her thing based on this real-life woman who was very intense. I learned a ton about her after the fact, so it was fun to kind of dive into the realism of the actual story, which kind of tells you that maybe the movie wasn't that great if I found the real-life story more compelling or as compelling. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I would definitely recommend checking it out. Jared Leto does his best. uh, Colin Farrell in terms of disappearing under makeup, and he's bald, (laughs) and he's this Italian. And I don't know if it's like, borderline stereotypical racist bigoted in a way because it's so, like, stereotypical of what an Italian would sound like. But I've never been to Italy and spent a lot of time with Italians directly either, so I don't know. I I really don't know.
2: So I imagine there's documentation of him.
1: Yeah, you would think... But he also got the Razzie, recently. the Razzie's came out recently, and yeah. he got the Razzie for one of the worst performances. So For that, really? Yeah, for that. And I was yeah. surprised when I heard that because I thought he did a decent job playing this kind of a fool. He plays a fool. Well,
2: I'll fortunately, those Morbius reviews are coming out and looking real good. That's been my real, um, I'm over the slap. I've just been reading Morpheus, uh, Mor- Morbius reviews and just laughing. Because it's just people are just ripping this thing to shit. Oh, it's bad. It's gonna be bad. <laughs> uh, it's getting some horror right now. It's last I checked, it's four point seven I on IMDb. So, uh, uh, I mean, it looks s- like trash, but people are saying it's worse than Venom. So, if it's worse than Venom, it's gonna be trash.
1: That is trash. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the first episode of Moon Knight? By the way,
2: I did. Of course. Of course. Okay. Cool.
1: Did you enjoy that first episode without I saying absolutely anything? Absolutely did. I absolutely okay. did enjoy it. Yeah. I look sure. forward to checking that out as well uh and i guess yeah house of gucci I'd, I'd recommend you watch it see what you think i mean yeah, well it's a uh, it's worth a watch it's on hbo max i believe uh or maybe oh, it's not maybe it i made that up who the hell knows where i, I found it up. up yeah i think it's on eric's server actually that's where i watched it so oh. who knows uh i watched deep water is a new movie with ben affleck
2: how was I'm- that i almost watched it then i was like adrian lynn no thanks
1: it's very, very Adrian Lin. Right, it's I'm, to a T. I, I made
2: the right call
3: then.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you know him and you know what he's going to do. And we did do an Adrian Lin sh- a movie before. We did uh, Jacob's Jacob, Ladder back in the day. That's also the least Adrian Lin of the Adrian Lin
2: movies. Like, all of his other stuff is very similar. Yeah,
1: this me. this one's much more Adrian Lin, I would yeah. say. So, if you're not feeling that, don't check out Deep Water with Ben Affleck. And, uh, oh, crap, I don't know her name. She was a girl from uh, Knives Ar-
2: Out. Who Arnaud... De-
1: uh i uh, fucking it up i don't know yeah she's great she's, she's awesome famous she,
2: <laughs> she's very famous
1: <laughs> why well, I, I just I, I spent the first 10 minutes of the movie and like oh it's that girl who the fuck is it i refused to look it up and i finally figured it out like oh it's a knives out girl okay yeah, yeah, yeah. it's her yeah, cuz she looks Blade a lot Runner different 2049 oh yeah shit okay good call uh and uh that'll do uh i started creed 2 but i didn't finish it so i'll give an update on that one next time
2: yeah, I've never seen either of the Creeds. I got to get on that.
1: Yeah, I saw the first one. i was like, wow, I never saw the second one. That was a long time ago. So I'm just trying to catch up, see if I, I don't really care that much, but I'll watch yeah. it. Yeah. Creed on the flip side. All right, there it is. That's our quarantine viewing PX brought to you by Nobody in particular. And if you enjoy the show, give us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Reviews help the show. We really appreciate it. It does make a difference. I'll review something for you if you review us, whatever it is. I will do it for you. I'm available and willing to work. Not Travis, me. I'm not vouching for you at all. Yes, yeah, yeah. he said no. Yeah, there you go. I didn't want to do that. Uh, also, sure. check out Travis and Chad's show. It's great. The best film podcast. I listened to the Pig episode. I loved it because oh, I love Pig so. too. So maybe I'm biased. The, I don't know. The real
2: best uh-huh. film of 2021. Let's be honest. Pig. Yes,
1: absolutely. And Pig and is so good. Yeah, I love I love how you guys start the show with like you do a reading of a scene from the movie and you picked one of my favorite scenes from that movie when they're at the restaurant uh, with that chef. But That's it's crazy. so hard to replicate that crazy. chef's face. He's smiling <laughs> and he turns into tear all at once. It's so good. That guy, That's, whoever that guy was, that acting was incredible. I forgot his name
2: again already. I, I learned it for, the, for that episode. But I wanted to see a lot more of that guy. The guy that played that chef that just gets deconstructed <laughs> in that movie is uh that guy's got a real strong talent and i want to see a lot more of him
1: He impressed me in that one scene i yeah. blew me away came so in good. and killed it
2: like it was a like he was some huge actor doing a character <laughs> you know like doing a cameo
1: and just some dude yeah i know it, and i also thought shit chad was in the ukraine and then this war broke out so i was like what the yeah. fuck happened to him and then i found out the podcast he wasn't there anymore so that's good yeah. and uh it was this is interesting. I was like, oh, my God, wow, that's real. But check out the Best Film Podcast. It's a lot of fun if you want to hear two guys. If you already like Travis, then you might as well listen to Chad, who's an outstanding uh, presence. His film analysis is always super, super deep. And it was really funny to hear him talk about how when uh, Crystal came in the room and asked him why he was crying, it was over a Pig, so, <laughs> which sounds weird to people who haven't seen it. So, uh,
2: You know, because people have preconceived notions about Pig, the movie.
1: It could sound like a horror movie. It could, like, oh pig,
2: and it's got Nicholas Cage, and people are, you know, they have mixed feelings about Nick Cage anymore. Not not everyone loves him like
1: us. I could say us, right? Yes, all right. Yeah, I love Nick Cage. He's cool. (laughs) I got. I'm not like a super fan, but he's great. There's no doubt about it, right? Yeah, sure, of course. I you also did Palm Springs, which, and then I realized that you were right because. Neon Pictures, which I wasn't really familiar with, they really are in a role. They do a lot of good movies. They did both of those, Mm -hmm. and now I'm familiar with who Neon is and what they're doing. So I'm glad I learned that as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's a good studio.
1: Everyone's,
2: excuse me, everyone's paying attention to A24. I think Neon is uh, one to watch as well.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Palm Springs and Pig were both great movies. Alrighty, so there it is. Let's get into our main event now. It's time to find out does it hold up or not. Me and Travis mano mano, with Mara, of course, by our side. We're going to find out whether or not Wag the Dog holds up or not. It's a 1997 movie starring Dustin Hoffman, Robert De Niro, and Heche, many more. Willie Nelson's in this movie. Willie Nelson was in this movie and Half-Baked the next year. I was wondering if he was... I remember he had tax debts or something, and I wonder if he was trying to pay them <laughs> off by doing movies, because he wasn't really in movies after that. I know he was in movies when he was younger. He yeah, did uh, the honeysuckle Rose and he did stuff like that back in, in the, the 70s, day.
2: Yeah. He had quite a run there. But yeah, I think, I mean... I think he's just one of those guys. I mean, he, he releases an album like still every couple of years, like Clockwork or so. I mean, the man, he's on tour on the regular. I think he's just one of those guys that just produces. He just puts out work, you know? He's
1: a prolific producer. That's yeah. right. He'll do and, stuff. Uh, doesn't seem to slow down. He's got to be like in his mid eight, late 80s, probably. Yeah, he's now. in his mid 80s now. He's definitely on Death Watch. for. He's on my Death Watch for Celebrity Death Watch, he's which uh, has Gene Hackman, uh, Jack Nicholson. Those are two of my top ones I'm waiting on.
2: So. Yeah, his older sister just passed away. She was part of his band, Willie Nelson, so that's it's oh, sad. Wow. Uh,
1: that is but, sad. That
2: is sad, but she was in her 90s. You know, I mean, that happens. But, uh, yeah, there's, you know, <laughs> it's a good run. Uh, the, the, the okay. legends are starting to kick off, but not, not Willie, not yet. We still have him, thank God.
1: That's right. Dennis Lurie's in this movie. It's directed by Barry Levinson, of course. Two things I know to be true. There's no difference between good flan and bad flan, and there is no war. Guess who I
0: am. I would like to point out that I am under medical care and taking medication, the side effects of which have rendered me a little bit... Quite touching. Well, I also take this opportunity to suggest that equally I admit to nothing and I I would like my lawyer present.
1: We show, and NSA
2: confirms, there are no nuclear devices on the Canadian border. There are no nuclear devices in Albania. Albania has no nuclear capacity. Our spy satellites show no
3: secret terrorist training camps in the Albanian hinterland. The Border Patrol, the FBI, the RCMP report no, repeat, no untoward activity
0: along our picturesque Canadian border. The Albanian government is screaming its defense. The world is listening. There is no war. Of course there's a war. I'm watching it on television.
1: Travis, uh, take us back in time. Do you remember the first time you saw Wag the Dog?
2: You know, I'm trying to remember. I think this was, I mean, it came out Christmas Day, 1997 oh so i wasn't working in blockbuster yet but i was working at blockbuster by that summer by the summer of
0: 98
2: or spring even so i think i saw it then i think i rent i think it was like a big rental i think it was one of the first big releases when i started working there and uh so i saw it then and enjoyed it and watched a lot of it it's one of those movies that you know like watching it last night or the night before last actually was, there's this one scene in the movie where robert de niro as connie says deny 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 it's one of those quotes i've walked <laughs> it around for like decades i mean i just say that all the time not not yeah. knowing it was a quote but never 100 sure what i was pulling it from like oh <laughs> that's where i got that i just say that all the time
1: i've heard that from you many times yeah. yes yeah deny deny, good deny. One. deny
2: that's what it's deny, from. Deny. And that's where it's from. So it's yeah, it's definitely you know, I, I enjoyed it. I had not watched it in a very long time. I went and looked back at my list of movies, you know, two years ago when we started this podcast. Um, it was number two on my or maybe three on my list of like oh uh, originally like <laughs> movies I still haven't gotten to, but that I had also been considering for a long time. So that's why I was like, Oh, great, right? The dog, finally, we're doing it.
1: I just wrote this down on a list like two months ago, and mm-hmm. I really didn't care if I picked it or not, and then when I was up against it last week with Christian on as a guest for Eric, and Eric wasn't going to be here, I had a, I had a movie picked out I wanted to do, but I had to table it because I wanted him to be here, so I just, audibled and went for Wag the Dogs, and that's how we got here, which mm-hmm. is a movie I saw on VHS for the first time. Somebody had it on VHS somewhere after it came out on video, and I watched it at someone's house, and I was like, oh, this movie, and I remember... There's a lot of talk about it. Morgan would talk about that movie all the time, our friend Morgan. And uh, there was always a constant discussion about how you know, true to life it was or not. And, you know, we were silly teenagers on the brink of graduating high school when this movie came out. So it was very believable to me. Like, oh, yeah, this is all real, dude. So.
2: Well, you know, I mean, within months of it coming out, there was that uh, bombing. You know, America bombed that uh, pharmaceutical plant in Sudan, which was like right when uh the impeachment trials had started i believe and then yeah that's true the you know,
1: whole Lewinsky stuff really was picking up after this movie came out
2: right and then there was a another similar instant but instance but you you had uh asked at the start of this show if it was predicting the future and one of the things i found really interesting in sitting down and watch the movie was the discussion about i did not realize that that grenada the occupation of grenada took place literally on the 25th of October in 1983 when the Beirut bombing of the Marine barracks was on uh, was on October 23rd of that huh. same year i mean it was literally within days and it's like, oh, that's a clear case of of wagging the dog. I mean, it seems pretty fucking obvious to me. And the book that this is based on was actually originally it was just all about Desert Storm. It was like there wasn't they didn't even change like any of the you know it wasn't fictional. I mean, it's historical <laughs> fiction, but it was like all about Desert Storm and that being a ploy for George H. W. Bush to get reelected.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, did you look up the score? I did not look up the score. I did not. I was good for once. I.
2: I didn't see it. I'm going to guess, I've, I think this is a respected movie. I'm going to say it's in the sevens, but I'm going to say the low sevens. I'm going to say 7.0. plus 7. yeah, let's,
1: let's say 7.3. And the actual retail price is 7.1 right, right there. Right. 7.1, 83,000 reviews. Rotten Tomatoes, 86% of the critics are down. 76% of the audience is is down with this so a little bit of a gap there and audience is a little less receptive to this and i'm not really sure why that is because you would think they'd be more into it especially for the time period it's that I mammoth mean... dialogue <laughs> is that what it is yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we just <laughs> Critic, can't some
2: people critics are gonna love it but like no, no it's not for everyone
1: that's true but i i do not even think it's that mammothy, in my opinion but i mean Good the night. less of the mammoths at least in terms of his scripts but Well, it's, yeah, it's you co-written.
2: You know, I mean, like he 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 took a script that was written by uh, what's her name, Hillary Henkin. I think her name was. I, 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 didn't, I should have written that down. The woman that wrote Roadhouse. Yeah, Hillary yeah. Henkin. H- Hillary Henkin. Yeah.
1: The book was Roadhouse. by Larry Beinhart.
2: Yes, Roadhouse scribe Hillary Henkin. <laughs> That's um, awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes. And they took he took her script when Barry Levinson got a, you know signed on for it and drastically reworked it from the sound of things.
1: Interesting. I always want to know how they change those things. And what's it look like before? What would the movie have been like? Always fascinates me. Uh, as far as the reviews, uh, no, no Dessin, no Goody Coons yet. Uh, hmm. Mm. about Nicholas Sal of the San Francisco Chronicle? Uh, Mick says, yeah, between the <laughs>, laughs, there are moments that ring so true they can raise goosebumps. Mm. Mm. Yeah, right. Ominous, intense. Uh, How about a negative review? Mike Clark of USA Today. With this cast, dog could use a much bigger bite.
2: (laughs) Okay. I mean, it's... it's, I can hear that. I mean, this movie is... It's not structured like most movies, I feel. You know, it it doesn't have, like, a huge climax. It doesn't have... Like, it's not... It's kind of... It's kind of steady. The way the you know the pace is pretty set. The whole you know from beginning to end is pretty steady, but it still at the same time it does, it seems like it doesn't follow a lot of the normal things that movies would do.
1: To me. yeah, the routines and yeah, the acts one two three and yeah, there's right, the right. conclusion. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Uh, Gene Sisko. we never get to do Gene Sisko on the show. Yeah, He's pretty. always dead for a lot yeah. of these movies, which sucks. Yeah, unfortunately, Gene Sisko says a bright idea well realized. By director Barry Levinson. That's it. Simple yeah, enough. Right. So, all right. Thanks, Gene. Yeah. Thanks, Gene. Rest in power. Uh, yeah. His buddy Roger Ebert said, "Absurd and convincing at the same time." Four out of four stars. I was reading
2: a, an interview with Barry Levinson from I think 2017, and he was talking about how the movie was a uh, you know using absurdity to satirize reality, and now we're just in absurdity. <laughs> like, that sounds about right.
1: yeah be careful what you wish for oh boy boy. Uh, I want to do one more negative review here just to get the full scope of this and uh, you know we believe in balance how about good old Joe Blow they love movies so I don't know who this is from Joe Blow it just says Joe Blow which is really silly Yeah, very very little humor in this script despite Mm -hmm. a few moments of cheeky cleverness Uh, yeah
2: maybe uh, he's a McGruber fan
1: (laughs) yeah I bet he is my kind of guy I guess I didn't laugh much when I watched this. I'll say that. I really didn't.
2: No, um, it's not the kind of, I mean, even like when, as a kid, like it's not the kind of movie you're laughing at. Exactly. It's a comedy, but I mean, I, I'll i tell you what, there, there is uh, a few moments that are really hilarious, but for the most part, you're not laughing. I, I'm laughing at, uh, oh, give me my veggie shake Ramon and, uh, <laughs> 10 minutes. Turn me over. So I can, uh, tan the other side. You know, there's moments, there's moments. Yeah. Where I'm like, yes, But uh, for the most part, like you just kind of like you might be amused or entertained, but you're not laughing at
1: it. Yeah, when uh, Woody shows up as Willie Schubin, I think they wanted that to be more funny. Possibly he's supposed to be comic relief, but Ah, I didn't. Kind of funny. (laughs) It just wasn't laugh out loud funny for me. That's all. No, no, you're right. I I mean, you know, it's a farce of a situation they're in because they're with this prisoner. They're making this guy out to be this incredible hero of war, and then he's this total deranged. Like yes. Uh, you know, rapist. So it's not a... And Anne Hayes is like freaking out because she's stuck on a private plane with this guy close quarters. And And that is... They set her next to him. Like, of course, is where you put her. Yeah, Right, yeah. So so obviously this movie is about government. It's not even about government so much. It's about political like war room teams that come together to create crises or to resolve crises. Cause the original crisis here is that supposedly the president has had this encounter, a sexual encounter with a teenage girl. They're called a the firefly girl, which someone says, is that a girl scout? No, it's a flyer girl. So yeah. I don't know what that implies exactly. if She's stress. underage or not. So. I think
2: she's supposed to be underage. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well that makes it pretty bad. Um, yeah. Knowing that. Yes. And that's why they need to create this distraction. Cause it's, 11 days to the election, and that's Rob. So Robert De Niro, let's talk about him for a minute. Okay. This is really one of his more underrated roles. He's really, really good in this. He's subdued. He's not Mm -hmm. out loud, but he's a rock-solid, steady character in this movie that is the presence that always keeps the movie kind of grounded in this reality, even though it is absurd at times. And I really want to give him credit. I know we've already given De Niro all the credit in the world, but for this particular role, I want to give him all the love.
2: I'm with you. You know, Dustin Hoffman was nominated for best actor for this performance. But as I watched the movie as, as entertained as I am, I see Dustin Hoffman a lot. I see Dustin Hoffman doing a really good Robert Evans impersonation, basically. And, (laughs) but when I think, when I see Robert De Niro in this role, like, I had that like again. I had not watched this movie since I don't know two thousand or so. And when it started, like he walked in, and I go, "Oh, Connie!" Like my ma- my mind remember, like I remembered his name. You know, not mm-hmm. even Conrad Breen. I remembered Connie because, like, the, to me, he really personifies his character really well. I think it's one of the one of the like it's 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 a uh, it's not an over dr- overly dramatic performance for him, but I feel like he really occupies that
1: character. I agree. I completely agree. And. It's just different. It's, it's it's a more subdued De Niro, which I, I like yeah. when he plays those roles and he still gives you all of the fear. He constantly is telling people, hey, we'll kill you. <laughs> but he says it in this nonchalant way, which I don't think people really absorb because it's so, it seems sarcastic, like such a, off-the-cuff line
2: that gets to what has always been my biggest complaint about this movie is the logistics of it how little sense it makes you're gonna tell me that you gotta kill dustin hoffman and i'm guessing like or you know uh stanley motts and i'm and I'm guessing it's in part because stanley motts is getting you know he's picking up a phone to make a call before the election if if, if, if I, I guess bring calling into
1: a show like a talk yeah. live show yeah. i
2: guess conrad bringing's whole thinking is like so long as the president gets re-elected nothing's going to matter like impeachment hearings aren't a thing none of this is going to matter We're just if everyone finds out after it's not going to matter but like i'm watching the movie and i'm like you're telling me that the guy that's holding the boom mic recording this fucking commercial or this you know this this kirsten dunst orphanage yeah you tell me that this guy is you know or or, or uh what, what's his name shows up as the as the dog handler i forget the guy's name the uh the guy speaking of half-baked um oh yeah uh harlan williams harlan williams i knew you'd know like you're telling me that this guy's not going to tell hey i just Yesterday was at this thing, and like the only warning they get is is Breen kind of laughingly told him, "Hey,
0: we'll kill you." Yeah, like who? I completely
1: that? agree with you.
2: I completely agree with you. That so was so many people know the Fad King. Everybody knows. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Th-
1: no, that was the scene where I was like, "Oh, this I'm, you're losing me here." This yeah. girl is a aspiring actress, Kirsten Dunn's character, <laughs> right. and she's not given any clarity. And every they all want these roles. All the there's. We all know the trope about people coming off to Hollywood to try to make it. She's clearly one of these people. But there's nothing concrete given to her other than you can't tell anybody. You just keep saying that or you'll be killed, basically, which would be, uh, I'd be like, wait, wait, what's going on here? Like, right. am I missing something? It is kind of like, a, hey, just accept it. We got to move on because we need this video for the script to move forward.
2: Yeah, I, I think it takes a lot of suspension of disbelief as you see the many levels of involvement in this conspiracy. Uh, uh, that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons I'm not a conspiracy theorist. When people talk about like 9-11 being an inside job, I'm like, yeah, sure. Tens of thousands of people colluded together to make sure. You know, <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> I just, you know. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah. yeah. Well, but the, what that bothers me about the movie then is that there's all this effort made to create these hoaxes about how fake-
2: the people in these two industries will sell their soul, uh, for power, for influence, for clout, and, uh, for a chance to be, you know, for credit. It's, it's one of the things that I also found interesting is like, I never, you know, from the get-go, Stanley Motts is saying, I'm doing this for the credit. I don't get enough credit as a producer. I'm doing this for the credit. And then it, it's like, at the end of the yep. movie, comes and it's like, oh.
3: Yeah, credit went. for
1: you. No credit for you. Hey, buddy, still there? I'm right here. <laughs> oh, no. no credit. Yeah. <laughs> no credit. No credit no, for you. No credit for you. That's right. Um... Who else? You really enjoy this film. Anne Hae is. Uh, it's good to see Anne Hae. Anne Hae used to be a big deal back in the day, especially during this era. This was the big, big moment of her career. The Six Days, Seven she, Nights was the year after this, and
2: wasn't she derailed by Har- by Harvey Weinstein? Was she one of the ones that was? I know her. I oh, mean, I I I, know, or was it her that when she came out that her career? Because for a minute she was just so hot in
1: everything. Yeah. in the Late nineties, and then I had a major crush on her back in the day. I thought, I just, was, and I loved her as an actress. I, I just, I was. All about Ann Hayesh, but once upon a time.
2: So, mm. well, she's yeah. good in this. I mean, I think she's good for the role. She's very convincing in the role. Yeah.
1: She has a real way with her voice. She could really she could really come across with a point so strongly, the way she can really sell it. And I've always appreciated yeah. that about her. And I always thought she was kind of underrated, but it's not a it's not a role where there's a lot to do. She's like the side. Secondary person yeah. to Connie in a way where Connie's yeah. running the show, and she she does what she could do with it, and that really goes for everybody I mean uh you know Leary's character again yeah, he yeah. comes up with ideas here and there, but he's
2: just showing up i mean he's like he's uh he, yeah Dennis Leary is uh it's, it's a glorified cameo basically <laughs>
1: uh, at this point they talk about glorified cameos Craig T Nelson is never shown like in an actual scene he's always on a tv right. all they did is record him on like a camcorder and that was yeah, it
2: <laughs> you're right uh Merle Haggard just kind of showing up he wrote us he wrote that courage mom song for the movie he also doesn't really show up in courage the mom courage right. mom he's on tv good old shoe um, and then uh, who else? Uh, what's his name? Pop Staples just kind of pops in for one scene. Hey, yeah, pops. Right. Yeah, Pop Staples. So there's a lot of there's a lot of pop ins. You know, Huey Lewis wrote the <laughs> fucking 303 song. Speaking really? of all musicians here. Yeah, I did I not that know movie. that. I didn't know that either. He's wow. not that in the movie would have been cool. If, he would have fit right in. Huey Lewis would have fit right in. this movie. He could
1: have played the Leary character. It would have been perfect. It would have been better. Ooh, <laughs> You got a beef with Dennis Leary as an actor or is it just his role?
2: Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I just, I just like Huey Lewis. You love the ref, so I do love the ref, and I, and I like Dennis Leary. I'm just, I'm just busting balls.
1: Oh, that's okay. Well, I don't think Dennis will ever hear about it. He doesn't watch our show, as far as I know. Dennis, uh, if this- you're
2: listening, call Greg. Call Greg Dooley and tell him I said hi.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I knew you. That would be the opportunity you would take to say that. <laughs> We're talking live on the Cinnamon Eye Podcast. We're talking about Wag the Dog, 1997 movie. Does it hold up or not? I don't know. We'll find out in a little while. Um, okay, so. This movie, as a symbol for where we were then, what had happened before. Watergate shit happened in the 70s. Kennedy happened in the 60s. You had the Lewinsky stuff. And then, of course, the Reagan, Granada stuff in the 80s. Iran, Contra in the 80s. And now we have the world that we live in today where everything happened after this. We have a three years after this, we have the 2000 election, which was a total shit show. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Is this a more prescient film now that we're sitting here in 2022 or is it just? Yeah. I don't think it's prescient. I
2: think it's just revealing about the way things actually work and have worked because I I think that this rings true. If you're looking at Grenada, I think it rings true. If you're looking at the ghost of Kiev, right. Um, You you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? So I guess I don't. It, with the invasion of Ukraine for a hot minute, there was all this footage coming out of like the ghost of Kiev, what they call, you know, there was like this, this fighter pilot that was killing all these Russian, you know, taking down all these. Oh, Russians. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It yeah. turned yeah, out that okay. the dude, like, it was like footage from a fucking video game.
1: <laughs> no shit. Yeah I, yeah. I read a couple things about that. Like, oh, good for them. All right. <laughs> right. I'm, like, I'm a fucking sucker. God damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, your your wag got tailed, or dog, or whatever. <laughs> it certainly did. Whatever happened to me happened to you. Happened to everybody.
2: Damn it. Well, and that's and that's the thing is that like you know it's not that we're all suckers. We you know like you, you 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 how can I put this? I I I still believe in journalism. I believe, and I don't think that the media is inherently. I don't think that everything on the news is a lie. I think that approaching the world from that perspective is how you fall into conspiracy theories and not believing very obvious things. I mean, speaking of the slap, within moments of that shit happening, you have people across the world be like, "Oh, didn't happen." Not even yep. in states just like it didn't even happen. Like what are you talking about? What are you even talking about? Like you're <laughs> so fucking jaded you uh,
1: anyways. Um well, so, you can't uh, blame people. The institutions have failed people too, so I understand yeah, no, why they feel that know. way though. I, I hear it. I really do.
2: The institutions failed, and and that's that's the fault of people like Nixon and others, many others. Not yeah, he's a Dulles. easy fallback. A
1: lot of assholes on behind the scenes that we don't even know about half the time. And well, that's I mean, what this movie's about to me.
2: Or, or even Johnson. I, You know, I, I as a historian, mm-hmm. I, I often find myself saying nice things about Lyndon Johnson. And then, like, you watch The Post, as I did this week, i was like, oh, yeah, I forgot the fucking Pentagon
1: paper he signed
3: out.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he did. He tried <laughs> to do some good market. things that
1: helped poor people. He really did. So, again, nothing is black and white. These are all no. gray areas. And everybody's involved. Just like this film. There are people here who think they're doing good. They, you know, Connie... Imagine being Connie, like he's a really jaded guy in a way, not even a way. He's flat out jaded. Oh, yeah. He is
2: like soulless. Yeah. creepy. He comes across like this grandpa, like, but really he is a depraved individual.
1: Big time. But he believes or at least he thinks he's doing what's best or what's the right thing here. But I don't know if he thinks about the country because he really yeah. has shitty things to say about the people in general. And when whenever anybody challenges him in this movie, challenges Robert De Niro's character, Connie, he quickly has shitty things to say about the people. People are like, well, people will buy this. Like, you think we could really pull this off? And then he'll give an example of something he was a part of in the past as like a historical example. Right. Yeah. So no,
3: you're right.
2: I mean, I I don't think he gives a shit about the country at all. And and I'm gonna quote Anne Hayesh's character when she talks about if this if we pull this off, she says that you will we'll will have the gratitude of our of our president and our party. That's why they're doing it. That's why they're doing it. They're partisans, they're fucking partisans, they have no it's all about power, it's all about the power for their guy, for their party. Um yep. and that's it. The 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 same old fucking crazy idea that if you have political power you will hold on to it indefinitely in this country like what is what, the whole the whole thing is based around sharing and yet here we are
1: yep and and if anything it's only gotten more partisan that's yeah. we already know that though today yeah, yeah we do uh, so that's in a way that's why this movie I would wonder if people who are in politics today saw this movie when they were younger or even Mm. inspired about it. Like, oh, yeah, I want to be like this. I want to be like that person. Or just, you know, sociopaths and power-hungry people who they lead. You know, we talked about this yesterday on uh, Is It Safe Pod that I do about. Unfortunately, it seems like some of the best leaders or the people who are leaders are sociopaths or psychopaths because they're calculating and they don't have that emotive or empathetic part of them that can stop them from doing something that could be really quite cruel to a number of people Mm -hmm. and they will just you know forward ahead this is what needs to be done I'm the person to do it and they ended up in charge because they're not afraid to do the dirty work so to speak which is you know dirty work implies in politics usually the loss of life a lot of times and that's not a joke to me
2: I mean, I don't think it should be a joke to anybody. I'm, I I, mean, I can only imagine when you're working at these levels, you no longer view individuals as individuals. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're, you're talking not, groups. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, you don't, you think in the aggregate, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yep. Which that doesn't excuse anything, but I mean, it, it does, it does make sense. I, I also think that, uh, you know, there's also uh i lost my thread as you were as you were talking i was listening and i forgot what i was going to say but that's that's good it's good for me to listen and let go of what i'm trying what i want to say i'm working on that be a better <laughs> listener so that, that i'm glad i can exercise that on this podcast with you
1: oh well, i want to know what you're going to say well, i guess well, i have no it idea it comes back to, if it comes back to you before the show ends let us know just jump in um so the way dustin hoffman's disposed, his character is murdered. Because, like you said, he wanted to tell everybody he wanted credit. He didn't care about the money. It was all about the mm-hmm. credit, credit, credit. Producers never win Academy Awards. There's no it's Academy Award do. for producers. Oh, they do now. Okay. Yeah, if you win Best Picture, you, the, it goes to the producer. Oh, that's true. But I thought that was always the case. Like, when yeah. you won. No?
2: Mm, just like the oh, last 10 okay. years or so, I want to say. Maybe 15.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I guess recency bias for me there. He used to go to the directors, which
2: doesn't, you know, why well, have a Best Directors category? And you know what I mean? Like it doesn't necessarily.
1: Yeah, that's why I guess I always thought the producer showed up there, but I'll take your word for it. I do know that they carry him off and he kind of just goes with this big huddle of secret service dudes into a <laughs> little stretch mini limo thing there. And yeah. that's it. We Thank know that he you. dies because yeah, we know that he's dead because the news reporter said he died. Yes. And uh, the movie kind of just wraps up.
2: Yeah. That's what I mean. It's a little anticlimactic. You know that they accomplish what they want to do. I guess the, the plane crash is the climax, but I mean they're acting they're so they're like they're like blues brothers about it, they're they're completely unfazed by it. They just get up, dust themselves off, and keep moving, <laughs> you know, like so it doesn't really feel like a climax so long so much as it feels like continued hilarity and hijinks, I guess. because um, there isn't yeah. there isn't I don't think there's really a proper climax to the movie, and that's You're I right. Think. And I have seen this movie a lot, but it had been a long time since I've seen it. And that, that third act, you know, I got on my phone, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't mean to, but like, I started to be like, okay, I get where this is going, you know, all right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, you know, there's a certain point. They always seem to stumble into a roadblock. Like when Craig T. Nelson's character sh- ends the war Yeah, they're like, Oh, we're screwed. The war's ended. Dustin Hoffman's like, no, 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 we're just getting going here. He's like, you think this is, he says that throughout the movie. You think this is a problem? You think this is nothing? This, this is, is nothing. nothing. Every time they run into something, he's just the master producer. He's always got another this trick up his nothing. sleeve. He's got some this story from nothing. his past he can compare it to. Exactly, right. This is nothing. And with that kind of, it's almost, I don't want to call it, you know, like the, uh, what do they call it? The uh, What's the thing in a movie where I'm spacing out? I have no idea. It just shows up and it fixes everything. Yeah, oh, in no, a way.
0: No,
2: uh, like a duet machina.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Like it's just like the it's there out every time because this is nothing to him and he can always do it. So what's next? Let's. Yeah. I'll show you the tricks. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. It, this pacing of this movie is—is is it slow to you, or was it like just fine? i don't think it's slow i just i think it's actually a little like it
2: could have some slower moments um in a way and but then when the slow moments do come it loses my attention like the like like the conversation between connie and uh bill macy and yeah yeah exactly so that scene and then like after that scene like is like is when the movie started to lose my interest the first time (laughs) you know what i mean like it's, it's like There's all there, it is kind of go, 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 but when you have actual like stop and have conversation moments, they actually get a little bit
1: dull. Yeah, like Connie sold. So, Bill Macy's a CIA representative agent, apparently, who he doesn't believe there's a war. And then Connie somehow sells it to him at the table there. And they, or at least they think that they sold it to him because after the fact, CIA cuts a deal with uh, the opponent of the president. Right. He doesn't
2: sell him that there's an actual war, he sells him that it benefits CIA to. No, I didn't know he what he is. sold
1: them on. To be honest, it was just he, confusing. He was just no, talking.
2: Yeah, he's no. He sells them. He's saying that if there if there is no war, what the fuck are you here for? Why do you exist if there's no foreign threat? So he he was convincing. He convinces him that it's in CIA's best interest to let America believe there is a war.
1: Oh, okay. I'll take your word for it because yeah. I kind of spaced out. I was like, "What?" That's understandable. <laughs> <It's> <laughs>
2: just, <laughs> the movie kind of does that. I guard the Canadian border. <laughs>
1: Sorry, (laughs) some good songs. The songwriting in this movie is one of the highlights. Frankly, I do enjoy uh, all these songs.
2: And I'll gladly stand up. That's basically what that
1: is, right? It's exactly
2: what that is. Is that (laughs) choir the same choir that did the In Memoriam for the Oscars the other night?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh oh, Travis did not like that. He does not want happy times when people are dead. I learned that.
2: I understand. No, I understand. Like, like, I love uh, New Orleans funeral. Like, I understand celebrating someone's life. I just mm-hmm. thought that the in memoriam, that was, it was like weirdly like jazzy and like peppy. It, it was peppy. Someone pepping. would show
1: up every 30 seconds with a commentary about the dead person. That was actually cool. I didn't with, mind Like that, Bill yeah. Murray yeah. said something about Ivan Reitman, with, and oh, I cool. didn't know Ivan Reitman was, you know, his parents were at the Holocaust and stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah, so yeah. that was like, oh, okay, I learned something there. But the way it was done, it was like, hey, whoop.
2: And it was a medley. It was a fucking medley, like it was that, a medley. It was like a show tune. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. I mean, they I, were yeah, doing everything can can.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know if it's the same choir or not, but you know that basically we are the world songs that they're doing, and then you know the senator ends the war, and they're like, "Shut it down, shut up." I do love that Willie Nelson's trying to conduct them, and then they're like, "Shut up, turn it off." And then I laughed there. That might have been my biggest laugh actually. Yeah.
2: And he turns around with pops and starts. Working on yeah. another song, just like
1: good that. old shoe. Yeah. I need good a song right you. now, good old shoe, which you. they put into the Library of Congress, made it sound like it was from 80 years ago, 70 years ago. And yeah, it worked, I guess. I can actually, uh, that's a tough sell. There's a lot of historical documentation more than ever these days. I don't know if they could pull that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one that kind of bothered me too, but
2: uh, I mean, especially since they also do the Merle Haggard Courage Mom song. So it's like if you're trying to have like in the space, because uh, this is all taking place within less than 11 days, right? So you're talking within a matter of a couple days, you need to produce two separate songs about Schumann. I think one's <laughs> fine. You know?
1: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I
2: did like, like though that, like, immediately it, uh, after it, these events take place, it cuts to like factory workers and they're all wearing these shirts that are like, yes! Albania. and I worked in a yes! factory when the Iraq war break, broke out, and that was very accurate.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad you brought this up because I almost would have forgotten about that. This, that, most that realistic holes, thing in the movie, it is, it just made me really sad too. I, I thought it was very poignant and. True, but it yeah. bummed me out. I was like, shit, God, that seems too real to me. It, it almost made me uncomfortable there for a moment, and I had forgotten about that for a, this moment because we're live and sometimes I forget things, but wow, <laughs> yeah, that was awkward as hell because people get behind these causes. That I remind... When I was ten years old, same age as you were, mm-hmm. and the Iraq War broke out, the first Desert Storm, and yellow ribbons everywhere, and Whitney Houston did the national anthem at the mm-hmm. Super Bowl that year, and everybody Bart thought Simpson it was the... shirts, all these Bart yeah.
2: Simpson shirts with him like nuking <laughs> Iraq and shit. Yeah,
1: that's right. I'm just yeah, like Calvin, uh, yeah, pissing on every uh, Ford sign. Those are so stupid. That's what reminds me of that. But yes, that is. Also, pretty quick to get that out in 11 days. We're talking, again, if you start to think about the time frame they're in, it starts to get a little absurd. Like, oh, we've all these shirts and they're across America and this really just happened in the last 24 hours. This is not 2022. This is 1997. There is a difference.
2: But by the same token, like, I don't know that there's government, like, you know, there's people working for Connie that are putting out these shirts. I get get the feeling that it's opportunists that will, will, you know, profit off of whatever recent... Uh, yes thing is in the news
1: and that we saw that four years later at 9 11 you're right the patriot packs and (laughs) you're right you're right right. that was only a couple years later so
2: yeah you're right and and that was i think one of the things from the movie that i think is a little undersold that they should have uh and like the impact of all this on real life would be better because it's so much as focuses on the spin like it would have been cool to see like a little cut away to people not involved with this and printing up the shirts and like, yeah, we're going to make all kinds of money. Or like at the end of the movie, we hear that there's uh, these Albanian terrorists. And it's like, I feel like these are real terrorists at the end of the movie. I think that's what I felt too. Right. And I think that that should have been a little bit more like it's, it's the, it's the last thing we hear in the movie, but it's like, you're not, it's not really focused on in a
1: way. It's actually what Connie described earlier in the movie when he said the real threat will be a small group of terrorists with a nuclear bomb or something. It won't be these yeah. giant country on country. And then it he may have been right. What he <laughs> talked about possibly is true at the end of the film. I, I had the same reaction.
2: And that of course wasn't super prescient necessarily because that was the the entire Clinton White House was saying this towards the end of its administration that terrorism is the is the future. This is what we have to really be focused
1: on. Yeah, we had the first World Trade Center bombing in '93, so exactly. Exactly.
2: So it it wasn't that like it wasn't like that came from the mind of Barry Levinson or David Mamet or
1: not at all. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah, I really would have loved to get some more man on the street outside of that. We're stuck with this crew for the whole movie, basically. We don't really get outside of the scope of them. Yeah, like even if there's only one of them in a scene, there's always one of them involved. In basically every scene in the movie, unless there's Craig T. Nelson on, on the video. No, but
2: even then they're watching them. So yeah, you're right. right. They're, they're so, in every every scene that it's.
1: That's yeah. why I wonder what the previous script would have been like. Was there more of that? Was there more of like, hey, we got we're getting the perspective of the everyday people who are seeing this outside of what they know to be true, and how do they react to it? I agree with you. I, I think that's a missed opportunity and might have made for a better film. Not that I have to have that. But I'm actually more fascinated by that aspect, I think. On the other hand, since
2: this is an unconventional picture and there isn't like a really clear climax other than, I guess, Stanley Mott's dying, uh, it's fairly streamlined. You know, maybe they didn't want to get too far into the weeds and and spend time with these other characters because it is pretty convoluted. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's very rapid pace. Uh, you know, there's, like, I've watched this movie so many times and I never noticed, for instance, that at one point Stanley Motz turns to Conrad Breen and says, what time is it? He goes, oh, it's 3.03 in the morning. And, and Stanley goes, oh, it's perfect. And then like 3.03 ends up being recurring throughout the rest of the movie. It's, it's the name of old shoes, you know, his unit and all that shit. It's, it's like, oh man, they really just, you have to pay attention.
1: And it's an hour 37 minute movie too, so they're it's not that long. That's surprising you're right.
2: so, for what it is.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, they might have had a little more wiggle room to play around, and I would have been into that. But I also felt the way you did towards the end, too. So maybe I maybe I would have been like, yeah, I'm done with this.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of starts to wear out. It's welcome. There's no, There's no character that you're into. You know what I mean? There's no character that you are enjoying spending time with. There's no character that you are that you're like when Stanley Motz dies. You're not like, oh, I feel so bad. Like you don't give a fuck. Like, ah, oh, well, I probably shouldn't have done that, Stanley. You know? <laughs> hey, never change horses midstream. Man. Oh god, it's so funny. It's the worst. They're running on incumbency. That's it. Hey, <laughs> that's all we got that's to it. offer. Incumbency.
1: <laughs> yeah. Current, current person we have is a total piece of shit. That's fine. You don't change horses midstream, which is also a really dated reference. And I so I looked it up later. I'm like. Oh, never change horses midstream. That sounds so early 1900s or something in it a way. Is, and then sure enough, it was from the fucking Lincoln campaign. It was even older than that. It was the oh 1860s. <laughs> wow. So I'm like, yeah, this people don't really relate to this anymore. I don't think. So. But
2: that was one of the things I did like in the movie when, uh, when Conrad's talking about all the old war slogans and we remember the slogans and forget the war. Uh,
1: Tippecanoe and Tyler
2: too. Yeah, That's right. Before 40 or fight and all that yeah. shit. Like, like
1: that. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: that's not a bad point you walk around in america and ask people about those things they probably heard of them you ask them yeah. what they're related to they might not
1: remember right. lusitania yeah, all that shit you're remember right. Maine, that's, right remember the main <laughs> yeah. yeah that was frightening i will give the them full credit for that that freaked me out a little bit yeah um anything else we haven't covered uh, travis any other notes there i don't really have anything else to say i don't think
2: <laughs> um you know Albanian restaurants absolutely exist. At one point, they say in the movie, <laughs> do they exist? No one knows. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You've clearly never been to Detroit.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jim Belushi showed up. That was fucking funny. I forgot about that. Yeah. That made me laugh. Thank yeah. you, Jim Belushi, for being a good sport and doing that clip in the movie. That was funny.
2: I cannot believe, <laughs> you know, Barry Lev- Levinson clearly has a lot of friends in Hollywood. As you see in a lot of the movies that he does, he often brings in big actors with and big cameos and that kind of stuff. Uh, I just cannot get over the fact that the movie he did before this was fucking Sleepers. It seems so different. I had no idea that he directed Sleepers until I looked him up. I uh, looked up his oh, filmography. Yeah? I yeah. had that, no that that was he wrote you know, adapted the screenplay and 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 directed that. I'm like that just feels
1: yeah. so different from this.
2: And toys Feels so different from this, you know. I mean, like so much the stuff that he's done has been.
1: Men in Black came out the same year as this, too. He
2: his career is. I mean, like, he does everything. He's got I mean, the Bay that horror documentary style feature he did a couple years. I mean, he does such wildly different movies. You got to respect that.
1: Oh, he's got a killer resume. There's no it doubt really about does. it. I, it really I actually does. should probably. Yeah, I probably should give more credit. For some reason, I hear his name and I always think of Men in Black and I dismiss him sometimes because I don't love Men in Black.
2: I kind of do, too. And then I was looking at his uh, filmography and I was like, shit, there's so many movies. Stuff- I mean, so diverse, too. I mean, yeah. there's just huge le- leaps of, of differences between the genres. It's
0: cool.
1: That's a great point. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. He definitely deserves credit as... You know, now where where we are in 2022. I, mm-hmm. I know he does some HBO movies too, some of those. He loves the historical retellings. I'm, last thing he, he didn't just do that either like you said.
2: Yeah, last thing he did I, I haven't seen, but I'm I'm going to watch uh it was Rock the Casbah. That was 2015. So he's, he's kind of taking a break. Oh, dude. I heard it wasn't great. That's why I didn't watch it, but I
1: saw it too. Yeah, it wasn't uh, I was excited. Yeah. I thought it would be fun. Bill Murray, Rock the Casbah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I will just oh, did The Wizard of Lies. That's what it was for HBO a few years oh, ago. That okay. was that was good.
2: Yeah, that that's was good. good. Yeah. And De Niro again. Yeah, you know he works a lot with the same people, with Hoffman, with De Niro, with William, Robin Williams. You know he he definitely had a lot of people he worked with over and over again. Good Morning Vietnam. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh well, yeah, that is true. Man, yeah, Man right of, of about the Year that. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. He, you don't know Jack? He did uh, with the uh, Al Pacino with uh, our buddy oh, here, our local Michigander, Jack Kowarkin. Kowarkin. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot his name. We did. So, uh, oh yeah, he did Man of the Year. I kind of yeah, like that one.
2: Yeah. So. I kind of like that one too.
1: It was okay. You're a good man, Barry Levinson. You've had a fine career and you should give yourself a pat on the back. We like you. Good we, job, Barry. We approve of you. Is that a matter? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, yeah. Just I the think, two of us today.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, so it makes sense for it to wrap up a tick early, I guess. Oh, Mara is out like a light. Um, you know, uh, I think I've said everything I want to say and none of it as enthusiastically as I thought I was going to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: kind of a drab uh, episode in fairness Eric we miss you
1: yeah it's just not the same without you Eric <laughs> no. if anything Eric you should learn something from this how important you are to the show because sometimes Eric questions you know his validity and he's a great 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 entertainer always has been uh, I'll go first I'll start here I'll, I'll uh, lead go the way we said a lot of things about this movie that are definitely um topical you could talk about a lot of stuff from this movie for hours we could have endless conversations philosophical debates and you know how much is reality and what is not and how much does what appears to be reality create the reality we're in you know we could go in a lot of different directions with this film mm-hmm. but this is a film podcast we're looking at the movie itself and it's kind of boring <laughs> at times uh even though it's, it's got a couple great lines that you could quote uh, deny deny denies you know that'll always be in the hall of fame but that doesn't make for a good movie necessarily and barry levison is a great director so we just said that but still the star power you have in this movie is strong but a lot of the times i'm just kind of like you know looking at my watch and like uh, you know maybe i'll go on a website here i'm sitting here and i'm watching it <laughs> and maybe maybe it says a lot about how just completely jaded even if you don't think you're a jaded person there's a Percentage of jadedness, if you will, that used to not be as prevalent 20 plus years ago. It's just even, it just creeps up a little bit more for each human who's brought onto this planet who lives in this country in particular. You're going to have that within your bones, even if you don't recognize it. So I would say that the movie is cool because it doesn't follow this typical formula that we talked about. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think it's that. entertaining it's thought-provoking which is very important to me i'm I'm really really on the fence here i'm gonna say as a film it, it just doesn't quite hold up i'm gonna say it doesn't but it's certainly thought-provoking but as an entertainment piece or something i want to sit down and watch it's not something i'm that motivated to watch again frankly so. all right yeah
2: yeah um I I can echo a lot of what you just said. I think this is not nearly as entertaining as I remembered it being. Um, It is more unconventional than I remember it being, which is cool. It is. uh, Seriously, I said this already, but it is honestly, I mean, I don't know that I've seen a, a more cynical film. I mean, it's so fucking deeply cynical and, And only it only makes more sense now. So in some ways, it just kind of like almost feels quaint, in that like by by the standards of 1997, it was like oh this is kind of you know kind of grim, um, but 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 funny. And now it's like well this is just reality. This is just like there's there's not a lot shocking here because it just feels like we already live in this postmodern kind of what the fuck is even happening in reality you know or lack thereof anyways. I do think it's. Interesting, I think it's as a cultural novelty, I think it's important. I think that it's an like a time capsule in a way that has, um, app, applicability, uh, both to the past and to now, you know, before it came out and, and since, which is cool. And so, as I think about it and talk about what it, it does as a movie, like what it what it what it accomplishes and what it covers in terms of commentary and satire. That I think is really valuable and important and people should watch it. And if you haven't seen it in a long time, I do think you should rewatch it. Does it hold up as a good movie? I'm going to say 51%. It just barely, barely does. But if you had said that it didn't, I probably would have gone in the other direction. I, I feel like it, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm kind of, re, re, I felt very in the middle on this movie. I really did. I, so to have one up and one down and neither one particularly enthusiastic in how we feel about that that ruling feels right to me. Because it's, it's it's a fairly middling movie that has some unique things to say about American culture that maybe you don't need to bother being reminded about. But I think that does have mm. cultural value. I think it has. I think it has value. So for that, I'll, I'll give it. A, it holds up, but it's not something I think you need to rush and rewatch if you haven't watched it in a while.
1: I would wonder what the masses say about the film. And if you've never seen it, I agree with what Travis said. Please do watch it. I think it. I think it does need to be examined by certain people who maybe have a strong trust in their government or they just believe everything they've seen. You need to question things more and be considerate of the fact that maybe not everything is appears to be, which maybe we know that more now and it's just commonplace. So it's not really necessary for this movie to tell us that.
2: Yeah. I don't think that that's, that's not a concern for me anymore. I used to, I actually had a conversation with someone similar to this earlier today that I used to worry a lot about kids in the future or kid now, I guess, um, being way too credulous and just like believing too much, but you know I watch stuff with my with my students all the time, and like we'll just we'll just see a clip of Iceland CGI. It's not real. That's not real. <laughs> not really fucking yeah. anything, dude. These kids are so skeptical. They don't believe anything. They see the Northern Lights. That's not real. They don't believe anything they see, uh, <laughs> for whatever that's yep. worth.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're actually in good hands in terms of skepticism. You're right. I Maybe agree.
2: Too good of hands. <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it might be too convoluted now. That is possible. But, yeah. uh, there it is. Wag the dog. Is. Me and Travis, we did our episode. We talked about Wag the dog. Did it hold up or not? It was a split vote. Eric, uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll comment on it next week when he returns sure. to the show. And then after him, uh, we're going to have on special guest Steve Laskowski. That'll be very exciting. Actually, hey, we, have Steve,
2: we have Steve first. We have Steve next.
1: And, and Oh, he's Eric, next week. Okay.
2: Yes, Eric, Steve is okay. next
1: week. And uh, cause, well, then why did Eric send me his choice unless it was Steve uh, Laskowski's choice? Because the, the next episode text? is
2: the seventh, yeah. The last That's true, year. you're right. Uh, um, so yeah. well, uh, we, we had Eric sent me
1: a text, Michael, my next my pick for next week is blank. Please oh, confirm.
2: Well, because we had all discussed <laughs> the three of us i agree um, no april 7th was the date for steve laskowski you're right that was the date for steve laskowski and that christian so, was taking eric's turn because eric was gone
1: yeah you'll so, have to wait eric steve's uh, on next week do, do we have steve's pick by the we way we do
2: we do have Steve, and steve has been counting on the seventh as being his day so let's not take that away from. Him. oh we're Sorry, definitely eric. doing that yeah okay so, so uh, we'll, eric wasn't we'll, paying
1: we'll, attention he fucked we'll, me up
2: we'll get back to our regular regular schedule after next week Um, Well, actually, we're getting to our regular schedule next week, and that we have our 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 guest, as we ordinarily would. We do. That's right. Is our dear dear friend, who we've talked about many times on the show, Steve Laskowski, and he has brought to us for next week. Our we're returning to our second look at uh, the work of David O. Russell. We're going to look at 1999's Three Kings oh
1: really three kings three kings that's what we're curious going
2: back to 1999 i haven't seen it in a real long time
1: i only saw it once and i saw it like 17 years after it came oh, out and, and, and i love david o russell, russell.
2: yeah that's
1: it yeah but that was one i just kind of skipped over so I, yeah. I think i watched it after my uh silver linings playbook infatuation so
3: hmm.
2: i saw okay. it, yeah well we'll talk about it next week but I think we we will, because that'll be next week's episode. (laughs) We might discuss it and we'll have Eric back and we'll have Steve with us. So it'll be double the the voices that you're hearing on this episode. Thank you so much, everybody. Eric, we missed you and we love you. Um, Everybody, we we love and miss you, too. Why not? And we really appreciate you checking us out. You could if you want to help us out. We don't ask for much. Uh, we don't want money, any of your money. We just want you to go on whatever <laughs> spot, you know, Spotify or Apple, whatever, and just give us a five-star rating. Thank you. That's all we
1: have. No money. Yes, please. No money. God, money. no. No Patreon Dear
2: account. Me. We just just need two seconds of your time, please.
1: <laughs> don't ask for much. It's true. You're right about that. Okay, that's it. Great job, Travis. That was fun. Uh, Mara, say bye, and right. we'll catch you guys next week. I like
2: the
3: nightlife,
1: I like the boogie